Hey everybody, this is Just Souls with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. Summer, over. How you doing, by the way? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing fine. How was your golf trip? I know you broke away for a little bit of time off. I, I uh, had a wonderful summer, Bryn, and uh, spent some time in British Columbia, beautiful British Columbia, and, and um, weather is obviously really nice there. So it was it was very re- relaxing summer for me. How about you? Well, it was fantastic. A, a spectacular summer. This is like three or four in a row in Edmonton. I can't quite figure that out, but I'll take it. Uh, let's, uh, let's get right to it because we've taken a, a little time off, kind of restarting up a little bit here. Let's talk about things through, I guess, let's take a look at July and August. It's kind of a summer summation by, by you and me, but it's, uh, has it been pretty much what you kind of expected? It, it's been almost exactly what we expected. And, and we've talked about this many, many times about the Edmonton real estate market is that typically house prices go up in the spring, they level off, and then they start falling in the summer or fall. And this year is no different. The only difference this year, and as you might recall from some of our previous uh, monthly reviews, Bryn, is, is that we peaked early in Edmonton. And, and so, so our peak this year for both sales and the highest median sales price was in March. Wow. And I've never seen that in my 23 years of real estate. I've never seen it peak in March. Normally, we wouldn't peak uh, until May or June is, is typically when we'll see the highest sales prices and the most amount of transactions usually kind of at that end of spring, beginning of summer. Uh, but because of a couple of things, interest rates being the biggest culprit, uh, that people got their buying done a little earlier this year. And in fact, when we go over some of the numbers, you're going to see that our sales now sort of mimic where we were at the exact same time last year, although our sales are quite a bit down if we do it by month by month. If we're comparing July and August to the same months last year, our sales were a lot slower this year, but it's because we were so busy in February and March when prices were out of control. It was a complete seller's market. Now, that seller's market that we've talked about with some other agents across the country that they've been experiencing for a few years in British Columbia and or Ontario, where they had the multiple offers and they had prices rising like crazy and they were experiencing that for two or three years, uh, Edmonton got to see it for two or three months. So so our seller's market sort of came and went in less than 90 days. Is it when fair? When we look at prices for July, they did fall a little bit from June and then they fell even more in August. And again, as you say, is that something that we expected? Yes, definitely. And and that's pretty normal for this time of year. If anybody is ever thinking, and, and this year proves its point, if you're ever asking me at a cocktail party, hey, when's the best time to sell my house? For 20 some years, I've always said March the 1st. Like if you're looking to pinpoint a date that you're you're looking to take advantage of the market and the best conditions for a seller, then, then March the 1st is the time to do it. If you're a purchaser and you're looking for a great deal, well, this is the time of year, every single year, that you start getting into the market and you make that purchase in the fall or, or early winter because you're going to get the best deal. You might not get the best house, by the way, because your pickings are going to be slimmer and slimmer as we get to the end of the year, but you'll get the best deal because prices fall. Have I talked too much? <laughs> no, not at all. I, this is uh, your podcast. Uh, here's the other thing, too, and we talked about this last fall because people were really sniffing around looking for new homes last fall and then it kind of carried into january that that down period generally for you guys where it's a little quieter just didn't seem to happen 
And then it just right. carried through through January, February, and March. It was incredible. Yeah, well, December was a little quiet, but by January 1st, Bryn, we were off to the races, and 2023 has been an absolutely crazy year with record sales and record median values in February and March, and then a couple of rate increases to the mortgage rates have slowed our market down, and as you and I record this on Tuesday, September 6th, there is a proposed interest rate hike by the Bank of Canada for tomorrow, Wednesday, September 7th. So those people who are listening to this podcast will probably now know that the interest rates are going to go up anywhere from half a point to a full percentage point. So that will further slow things down for not just obviously the Edmonton real estate market, but the Canadian real estate market in general. So is this a showstopper or is this does this make people want to get going faster because they see a trend developing here? It will slow things down. So not a showstopper. Now, most buyers who are in the marketplace right now should have a locked-in interest rate that they can hold for 90 to 120 days. So the showstopper or the slowdown might not come for a couple of months. We might not see that for 60 days. And and so that's really going to put a damper on that November, December of this year. And then we probably won't see things pick up until January or February. But again, that's kind of normal and and, and not so different than any other year. Um, the biggest difference is, is again, these these interest rates. We're, we're the shrapnel, Bryn, and I've, I've used that word before. Yeah. The, the Bank of Canada is, is, is trying to slow... The, the entire um, country down. And, and essentially when they're, you're looking at marketplaces like Toronto and Vancouver, they're seeing much harder drops in values to $300,000. Uh, their, their prices have come down in the last three, four months. And here in Edmonton, we've seen just a drop of 20 to 30,000 in the last couple of months. So, so we're just sort of small potatoes when we look at the country as a whole. You said there were a few other issues, but obviously that was the the hot button. What what else might have slowed things down a little bit? Is it just the fact that school you got to get you got to get those kids settled in by July and August if you're going to take them to school. So I've got to think that there might have been a slowdown on on that front. Yeah, so August is always a little slower than July as people get, you know, finish up their their summer holidays, like you say, start buying school supplies, get the kids back into a routine with with sports uh, around the household. And then September is usually a little bit of jolt for the marketplaces. Wait a second, we got to buy, we got to get into a new house yeah. before the snow flies, which is October 31st, typically, if you remember trick-or-treating almost every single year that we get our first snowfall on Halloween, it, it seems. So, so yes, September should be a busy month uh, in comparison to August. And then this will be the last busy one. And each month will be a little bit slower, a little bit slower. Well, we've taken a couple of months off here. I don't know if it's fair to you to say, let's just slap July and August numbers together. Do you want to, do you want to, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just focus on August or do you want to look at July or do you want to look at both I've of them? I've got them both. We'll, we'll focus mostly on August, but okay. I've, I've got July numbers just to show the difference of what's been happening in the marketplace. And as always, I'd like to break the, the these numbers down into single family and condos because here in Edmonton specifically, there is a huge difference between these two markets. The single family market has been ridiculously strong this year, and that's where we've seen the most change. The condo market, as we've seen year after year, just seems to be getting worse and worse. And, and again, we'll talk about that when we get to the condo numbers about some of the factors that are affecting those condo numbers. But when we look at single family prices, again, they peaked this year. If you remember the average sale price 
in March, and I don't use the average number, but we'll just use it because that was the one that the media was splashing around. It actually hit over 500,000 in March. Wow. And that was the highest that it's ever hit in, in Edmonton. Well, that average sale price then dropped. And of course it's been dropping in June. It it was, it fell below the 500 mark and it was at 494. And then in July it fell to 489. And now in August, it's now 469. So you can see that 20 to $30,000 drop in, in each of the last, in the last two to three months. Again, I like to use the median because it's a more accurate number of what's actually going on. Median sales price is more like an average house in Edmonton. So that's the number we typically track on our team. It's a more consistent number because the average can be thrown off by a couple of high selling houses will throw off that number. So the median in June was 456,000. And then in July, it was 447.5. And now in August, it's 435. So it's dropped by 12,500 just in the last 30 days. A little bit more than most years, but that's typical. It always seems to fall and, and will continue to fall between now and December. Now you think, oh my God, it's down. It keeps falling. But uh, if we compare that 435,000 median sales price from August of this year to August of last year, it's actually up by 15 grand. Last uh, August, the median sales price in Edmonton was 420,500. So we're actually $14,500 ahead of last year. So our price is falling. Yes. But we're still worth more than we were a year ago. So nothing for for most single family owners to be weary of or scared of that this is just the, the normal ebb and flow of the Edmonton real estate market. When we look at sales and listings, the other two stats I like to track, in August there were 1,784 listings that hit the market, new listings that hit the market. And that's a little bit more than a year ago when there was only 1,654. We've now had 16,000, excuse me, 533 listings. Um, That's about a thousand more listings this year than last year. So that's the biggest thing is we've seen a lot more product on the market. As far as sales go, there were 1,034 sales this August compared to 1246 last August. Um, But the more interesting stat about sales is we've had 11,242 sales this year in total so far for single family homes. And last year it was 11,205. Wow. So less than 40 difference. Yeah. Um, the, The biggest difference is that we had all those sales early, February, March, and April versus last year, it was a later rush. So the rush was earlier before those interest rate hikes that we just talked about. Um, so we've had the exact same amount of sales for single family homes, but we've had a thousand extra listings this year. And again, you're seeing house prices drop a little bit, but not un, not unexpected. Okay. What about condo sales? Cause we've been watching that really carefully over the last few years, right? So anybody who's trying to sell a condo knows how frustrating it can be. And um, it's been tough here. I mean, our condo sales started to fall and our values started to fall back in 2015. And, uh, you know, that was when the recession started in Edmonton. And although we had a small blip this year where it seemed like the recession was over, we are still very much in a recession. And, And what we need, it's not that things are terrible by any means in our economy in Alberta, but 
as most people will tell you, we need bodies. We need people to move to Edmonton and anywhere else in Alberta. Alberta could probably use at least 200,000, if not 300,000 more people. And and although it seems like immigration is doing really well Canada-wide and people are moving to Canada, they're just not coming to the prairies. It seems like they're staying in the Vancouver or the Toronto areas and not heading out of those met- metropolises. And, and this is where we need the bodies. I'm talking to a lot of people in the oil and gas industry saying, how's business? Business is fantastic. They're making record profits. Are you hiring? And they say no. And I'm like, okay, well, why not? It's not that we don't want to hire. It's that we can't find anybody to do the jobs. Right. So we need people to come here. So if you're listening in another province and you want to come and work, please, the door is open. Come move to Alberta. So what would you suggest if somebody, let's say in the next six to nine months, we're trying to move their condo, it, it, it sounds like patience is going to be a huge factor. Patience and price. Yeah, you need the you need to be the shiniest apple. A friend of mine uses that expression and, and that literally, if there's only one apple that's going to be picked out of the bunch, you have to be the shiniest. So so not only does your place have to show the best, you have to be the best priced. And and there is a lot of product out there. And, and when there's so few buyers that you have to be the next one. So let's talk about um, listings. So there were 975 new listings for condos in August and compare that to 1,066 in July and 1,045 last August. So less listings. But um, when I look at the total listings for this year, there's been 8,924. Compare that to last year, 9,050. So almost the exact same, just a tiny bit less listings this year compared to last year. So that's good news. Sales. There are 529 sales in August. In July, there was 537. Last August, there was 500. That seems to be a pretty consistent number. Not too bad. That all looks good. When we look at total sales, there's been 4,936 sales so far for condominiums in the Edmonton area. Compare that to last year, 4,019. So we've actually had almost a thousand more sales. We've got the same amount or less listings than last year, a thousand more sales. So if you believe in the laws of supply and demand, that means that values should be up, but they're not. (laughs) Um, It's the, the strangest thing if you're, so, so if I look at the June median sales price for condominiums, we were at 221,000 by July, it was 212. And now Bryn, we're at 199.9. We're just under 200 grand. So just in the past uh, 60 days, it's actually dropped $21,100 just in the past 60 days. And it, again, if you're looking at the laws of supply and demand, if you're looking at the amount of inventory and you're looking at the amount of sales, it doesn't make sense. There's this other factor, and that is that Edmontonians are staying away from condominiums because of added condominium fee costs. Right. Yeah, is that those costs are going up so high that it's just even buying a two hundred thousand dollar condominium, you can literally buy a three hundred thousand dollar house. And other than the down payment being bigger, you're cheaper per month, less expensive per month owning that house, that your costs per month. So so the the millennials and and those people, first home buyers, are skipping that first step that yeah. almost every previous generation used to take, where you buy a condominium and you live in it three to five years, and then you graduate and buy a house. And then the other is the empty nesters. The empty nesters used to leave their house and go to a condominium because of lifestyle. But it just, again, it doesn't make sense 
if your condominium fees per month are six, seven, eight hundred dollars in some cases, and um, that it's just much more affordable to still stay in your house, even if you're paying for somebody to come and shovel your walk or mow your lawn. Um, and, and so we're seeing both the millennials and the empty nesters or, or, or those, um, you know, past empty nest stage, you know, who are, who are almost um, ready for the home home. Um, that they're staying in their houses as long as they possibly can because of affordability. Literally, it's cheaper, and and you've got more space and more parking and et cetera, et cetera. So, so um, interesting. And I don't think, although I'm hoping we're getting close to the bottom for 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 condominium prices, I literally do not see them going up for another two to three years. Okay, now through the pandemic, we were talking about how people wanted to find that special place outside of the metro area on acreages. Are we how, How's that going? And we did see it drop off a little bit, which I guess is no big surprise as the pandemic has kind of, you know, waned. But uh, what are we looking at these days on that front? So, so, yeah, acreage sales have slowed from 2021 numbers. Okay. But they're actually up still in comparison to pre-pandemic. So so that's what we saw two and a half years ago uh, or about two years ago is that we, acreage sales got a big boost as people started working from home and they uh, didn't want to live necessarily down in the core close to work and commute didn't become a problem anymore. And you know when I first started selling acreages uh, X amount of years ago, that people would always ask about water and sewer. Those seem to be, you know, what kind of septic system does it have? Uh, do I have to bring in my water? Is there a well? What's the well water like? Those are the questions that you were usually top of mind. Now, the first question out of acreage buyers is what's the internet like? Yeah. <laughs> and and because they're going to work at home. And so uh, for August, we, we saw 182 new listings hit the market for a total this year of 1,576. Um, that's down a little bit from last year where there were 1,613, but virtually the same number. Um, sales, there were 93 acreage sales compared to 117 last August. Um, so so it, it's not a terrible number. When we look at total sales, there's been 886 acreages sold this year compared to last year, 1,061. So we're down, you know, uh, almost uh, about 180 from from last year for total sales. But if we look to pre-pandemic numbers, we're looking at numbers of uh, under 600, 562, 569. So at 886, there's still a lot of acreages selling and it still was a good time of of this was still a good year, excuse me, to sell your acreage. Was it as good as last year? No, not quite, but it was still better than 2019 or 2018. Any other numbers we got to look at? And then I got to ask you one question before we wrap this one up. No, I don't want to bore people. I, I mean, I'm I'm a numbers guy, and and so I, I know numbers could be pretty dull, especially if you're listening to a podcast. I, I think it's just better if somebody's more interested in finding out what their, the value of their home is, or if they want to talk to the market, they should just call us directly seven eight zero four six four zero zero seven five. We'll say it again here shortly, but. Um, it, and then we can give them the breakdown of what's going on specifically for their house in their neighborhood uh, to talk about when is the best time to sell that house and when is the best time to make a purchase of your next property. If you, um, and and the answer, by the way, inevitably, even, even after I'm talking about these numbers dropping, let's remember these numbers are still higher 
than last year. Right. And so even if you make a purchase now, and, and, and if that number falls in December, don't you worry, a year from now, I'm predicting that that single family house price will, will be higher than it is right now. Um, condos, uh, it might be a little lower. Like we're getting pretty, it's getting super affordable. There is some great products for condominiums. You can get some two bedroom, two bathroom condos in Edmonton for a hundred grand. There isn't any other cities in the, in, in Canada, not major cities that you can find a great place to live for a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so, so condo prices have got to be getting close to bottoming out. I don't think we're quite there, but it's gotta be getting pretty close. We're just kind of getting restarted after taking some time off this summer and we'll kind of start to pick it up full steam by the time we get to October. But you mentioned one thing and I want to kind of leave this uh, on this note. You talked about polishing the apple. It was a couple of years ago we talked about staging and how important it was for homes and that kind of stuff. Is it more than just that? Well, uh, again, yeah, uh, price is the is the other thing. Ultimately, it doesn't. I don't care how shiny the the apple is. If it's got the wrong price, then then you're you're not going to be attracting the right buyer. But okay. It can, it can be really that simple. So that's, you, you don't get a second chance, unfortunately, with the amount of product. If somebody comes in and you had an off day and you didn't leave your house absolutely perfect for the showing, uh, you could miss out on that buyer. And, and you, you know, uh, we just lost out on a, on a sale. I've got a, a spectacular property, Bryn listed out at Pigeon Lake and Lakefront, of course. And they absolutely love the house. They love the setting, love the yard and love the view. Uh, but they looked at it at late August. And as anybody knows who goes up to any Alberta lake, uh, when it gets hot and we have a whole bunch of hot days in a row, algae. some algae can, can start growing on the top of the lake. And there was a bloom right in front of the house, and which was unusual for this part of the lake, by the way. It doesn't happen very often. Um, normally it happens on the other side of the lake. But we had an extremely hot August. And that turned them off. So can you imagine, like the completely out of our control and nothing we can do about um, about an algae breakout on, on, on Pigeon Lake. And, and that uh, was literally the reason that they didn't buy the property. Tough break. Okay. Tough. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I'm glad you had a great summer. Uh, and before we go too much further as well, you're away for a little bit because you, you, you always have fun in September and early October. Where are you going? What are you doing? Well, as you know, I, I play on Team Remax Canada, and so we are a, b- a bunch of old-timer hockey players who who refuse to give up on the dream. <laughs> and uh, there's we a dream. Go to Europe almost every single fall, and and have some fun playing against some other old-timers. And so we're heading to Europe to play some hockey in Switzerland and France against some other fifty and sixty-year-olds. So uh, looking forward to the trip, and and uh, I guess I'll be seeing you maybe in Rome for a couple of days before. Uh, before I make my way up to Switzerland. Our paths will cross in the eternal city. Uh, yeah, in, in, all paths cross in, cross in Rome. Exactly. Like Maybe we can have a chariot race down yeah, one of the main boulevards the or something. Meet you at the Coliseum. Yeah. Okay, so how does somebody get a hold of you? Well, just because I'm away, obviously business does not slow down. I've right. got an amazing team of four agents and, and three assistants who will still be working really, really hard for our, our clients. And if you'd like a home evaluation or thinking about buying a home, please call us directly, 780-464-0075. Uh, one of my agents will be happy to look after you, or you can find us on the web at macintoshgroup.ca. And that's it for uh, this episode. And by the way, we love your feedback. So make sure you do drop us a line, as Brent pointed out, uh, the uh, the website address. Thanks. Have a great break, okay? And we will talk to you in, uh, in October. It's coming quickly. 
uh, traffic. Took me 55 minutes to get downtown today. School's back in. No way. Oh, yeah. But it was worth it because I get to do this with you. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. See you soon. All right. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time.